happy Easter, everybody. Thank you, Pastor Mike. So glad that you're hanging out with us this morning. I'm trying to gather myself after that video. My goodness. Uh, so, so glad that you're here. Um, if this is your first time here, I do want to just take a second, introduce myself. My name is John, alongside my wife, Vanessa. We get this amazing privilege to lead this community that we call Discovery. And today kicks off uh, the first Sunday that Discovery has ever had two worship experiences going forward. And so we're excited. We want to invite you out again next Sunday. Again, we have 9, 10, 10, 30. Um, you can pick your own adventure. But I want to pause real quick. I want to look into the camera back there. We realized that uh, before most people ever step foot in our building, they're viewing us online. So Discovery, could we welcome them that are viewing us online this morning? We think that if you're physically able, there is no better place to be than in the house this morning. And so we are going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. It's going to be on the screen, but before I read that, I, I also want to let you know that in light of us having another worship experience, uh, we are trying to get the word out best as we can. And so uh, there's going to be people outside. They're going to they have a lanyard that says Discovery that are just going to be taking pictures. And so don't be weirded out. Only be weirded out if people take pictures of you and they don't have a lanyard, okay? And then you can tell the safety team and, and we'll take care of that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we're excited about afterwards. We have a lot of sweets and treats for you. Thank you, by the way, for everyone that participated serving today, those that uh, set everything up in the lobby. It's so awesome. Matthew chapter 27, verse 57. It says this, Late in the afternoon, a wealthy man from Arimathea, a disciple of Jesus, arrived. His name was Joseph. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate granted his request. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in clean linens, put it, put it in his own tomb. You can do this, John. A new tomb. New tomb. <laughs> a new tomb only recently cut into the rock and rolled a large stone across the entrance. I love this part right here. Then he went off, but Mary Magdalene and the other Mary stayed sitting in plain view of the tomb. Sitting in plain view of the tomb. This morning, hopefully within the next 20 minutes, I want to talk to you from the subject, don't give up. Don't give up. Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for each person that's in here, the room, in this room this morning, each person that's viewing us online. God, we're all here just to celebrate what today is, the, the resurrection of, of your son, Jesus. And so we just thank you for that. I pray that uh, this time together, Holy Spirit, that you would do what only you can do. We recognize you as our guest of honor. We want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. And so we love you. We thank you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone. Say it. Amen, amen. So about uh, 10 years ago, I received a phone call, and the gentleman that called me said, uh, Mr. Peter, this is Blockbuster calling. Uh, you have an outstanding balance of some videos that you owe. Um, and this went to voicemail, and I listened to it, and I was thinking, I have no, I have no videos. I don't go to Blockbuster. <laughs> so I ignored it completely. A couple months go by, another voice message 
it, it was Blockbuster, they said, Mr. Peter, uh, we're just calling once again to inform you that you have an outstanding balance that is now increasing. Uh, please return the video at your earliest convenience. And I'm still thinking, I don't have, I've never rented any videos from this place. But I, I, I began to just get a little worried that, that maybe my life was getting hacked, you know? Like a deep fake before there was deep fake. Like, it, what is hacked? Like, is this, am I really me? You know, I'm just questioning everything. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then a couple months, months go by, and we are in the hospital. My wife just gave birth to my little girl. Uh, I get another voicemail. They say, uh, it said, Mr. Peter. This is Blockbuster. We're calling you uh, once again. This is the last time before we hand over, hand this over to the collection agency. And, uh, and at that point, fear just began to, to overwhelm me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, what is happening? Someone is, is, is being me. <laughs> and so uh, I went. I, I, said, I said to my wife, babe, listen, I think I should probably, I should probably go to Blockbuster and, and, and figure what this whole situation is all about. So, so I go to Blockbuster. I promise you I'm getting somewhere. I go to Blockbuster, and, um, and I go in there, and I, and I say, excuse me, may I please speak to your manager? They said, yes. I said, hi, my name is John Peter. You've been calling me about some outstanding videos, uh, and I'm just, I want to clear up my name. It wasn't me. I, have, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why you're calling me. And I said, and then he said, no, well, you have an outstanding balance, and uh, you keep renting videos, and the amount keeps increasing. And I said, that's impossible. I said, uh, would it be possible for, uh, for, for us to look at your footage, your security camera, just so you can see that it's not me? And the manager, he said, yes. So we walked he took me to the back to, to where only the manager employees were. He took me to the security camera, uh, the security monitor, and uh, he took me to the date that that the last date that I checked out a video. And uh, as as we're watching on screen, um, it was really cool because I saw my brother-in-law just walk in the entrance, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's what a coincidence! That's so funny." Uh, and then he walks off the screen. And then I see him uh, walking back on screen, uh, and he goes to the cashier, and uh, the manager pauses the, 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 the security footage, and he says, Sir, Mr. Peter, this is the guy that's been renting from your account. And I'm like, uh-oh. And uh, he said, Mr. Peter, we can press charges. Do you know who this is? And I was like, no. <laughs> and I just left, and I called my brother-in-law. I was like, hey, dude, you got to pay for this. Um, but we cleared it up. We cleared it up. But, but here's why I'm telling you this story is, is because um, from the outside, before I ever stepped foot on the inside of, of being able to see things in a different light, I was full of anxiety. I was, I was scared. I, I just didn't know what was going on. But the moment that I was able to get a perspective from inside of what was taking place on the inside, the footage on the inside, all of a sudden that fear, that anxiousness, it left. 
And I began thinking about this, and it dawned on me how easy it is for feelings to be manipulated by the wrong perspective. Like if I have the wrong perspective, my feelings can be manipulated. Friends, everything that you go through will require you to respond. And what I've discovered is that how you respond is directly tied to how you see that thing. And not all perspective is equal. Not every way that you see something is equal. In fact, I would like to say that there is a wrong perspective and there is a right perspective. And if I don't understand that there is a wrong perspective and a right perspective, then I will assume that any perspective is good perspective, which there could be nothing further from the truth. In fact, interestingly enough, the story that we read at the very beginning in Matthew chapter 27, the Easter story is that of perspective that is unequal. In fact, this, the, the story that we read is really an inequality of perspective. Because in the text that we just read in Matthew 27, there are really two perspectives. There's an exterior perspective that we read about, but there's also an interior perspective that we didn't read about, but we actually see take place. And so the exterior um, perspective we read, it's the last verse, 61, where Mary, uh, Jesus' mama, and Mary, Jesus, one of Jesus' followers, they, uh, Scripture says that they were sitting across from the tomb and they were witnessing everything that was taking place. They, they witnessed Jesus' body being taken off the cross. They, they witnessed Jesus' body being wrapped, mummified. They witnessed Jesus' body being placed in a tomb. They witnessed this giant rock rolled in front of the entrance of the tomb. And from the exterior perspective, from, from the outside looking in, it looked hopeless. From the outside looking in, a mom just lost her son. From the outside perspective, they just lost their fearless leader who they thought was going to take him to, to battle. From the outside perspective, all hope seemed lost. And I want to submit to you this morning that... The exterior, the outside perspective might be the one that we follow, that we, that we model most of the time. But I want to submit to you this morning that the outside perspective could be, in fact, be the wrong perspective. Because... Not all perspective is equal. And so this is what they were viewing from the outside. But have you ever wondered what was taking place on the inside? You know, like we, we don't really get a lot of, of detail of what, 
what happened once the stone rolled in front of the entrance. We know it was dark. But I wonder, like, I wonder just the conversation that took place. You know, like, I wonder if Jesus is just, like, mummified, lying there, and God's like, hey, me. Wake up. You know? And I wonder if that's how it went. I wonder how Jesus woke up. Like, I wonder if he WWE'd it Undertaker style. You know, like, <laughs> bang, you know, just like sit up. I wonder, I wonder maybe it was more like the Disney thing, you know? Like the lights beaming from his fingertips and, you know? And like, as he was spinning in the air, like the cloth was like, un like, I don't know. But I wonder... I wonder, I wonder what took place. I wonder what it, what it looked like. I don't know. But what I do know is that what took place on the inside was completely different than what the, the Mary saw from the outside. And so if the outside perspective is the wrong perspective, friends, I want to suggest to you that the inside perspective is the perspective that you and I should all rally around. The inside perspective in that I'm not so much focused on what's happening on the outside, but I'm trusting that God is doing something on the inside. And I began thinking about this idea, how, how it differed. And, and in this room, how, how easy it would have been to assume that just because it was dark means that Jesus was done. But I was thinking about this, this, this idea that just because it's dark, doesn't mean that Jesus, that God is done. Just because it seems dark, just because it feels dark, doesn't necessarily mean that God is done. And it reminds, reminded me of, of high school. I took photography classes, and uh, this was before digital film. And we had this thing called actual film or digital, yeah, film. What? That's what it's called, film. And, uh, and it was really cool because our teacher um, would, would just give us the film and, and would say, hey, go, go out there, take, take whatever pictures you want. And so we would go and we'd take pictures of like flowers and butterflies and just like beautiful things, you know, just nature. And uh, woo, nature. And... Um, and, and, and we, would, we would take these pictures. But what's interesting is that um, whatever picture I took on the camera, that it was just, it was like a potential picture. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I took the picture, but I couldn't really see the byproduct until I took it to this place called the dark room. And... Uh, in the dark room, it's crazy because it's dark. <laughs> you know? 
And so, so you, so we we take these pictures. We'd have these pictures on, on our on our film. We would take the film to this this dark room, this area that was just it was completely dark, and we would have to uh, put it in some solution. And 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 as it waited in that solution, something began to happen. That. That, 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 that this, this dark room was purposeful. And so we're just going to do a little experiment in here. We're going to kill the lights. And so what, what's really cool about this dark room is that I couldn't see the pictures that I took until I was able and willing to go in the dark room. Because in the dark room, the, the, excuse me, the dark room was necessary for the film to develop. Like I needed the dark in order to develop the film, the potential of the film that I, uh, of the picture that I took. And I began thinking about this process, about the dark, and, and how, how they, they rolled that stone in, in, in front of that, the, the, the entrance to the tomb. And how it was dark in that tomb. And how it could have seemed like because it was dark, like I said, that God was done. But I wonder if in that dark room, God was developing something. He was developing something that, that the Marys couldn't see from the outside, but he was developing something on the inside. And we have this room dark this morning because uh, I, I want us to, to, to just think about our lives right now. Because if we were honest, there are some in this room who would say, John, I'm just so used to the dark right now. I'm so used to seeing things from the outside. John, like, you don't understand. My marriage is dead. My hopes, my dreams are done. Everything that I thought I was going to do is finished. And some of you, you came here this morning because you're like, man, it's dark and I have nowhere else to go. But I want to submit to you this morning that in the dark, partnered with Jesus, that he can turn your dark situation from something of despair to something that he's developing inside of you. That he's moving something even though you don't see it. Even in the dark. Even though it seems like there's hopelessness. Even though it seems like, like there's nothing forward for you to, to move. Like there's nothing else that you can do. That I believe that Jesus is here this morning. And he's saying, let me develop you in the dark. Don't let me. Don't, don't, please don't, don't use this dark time as a wasted time. That he's wanting to develop something in 
your darkest moment. So as the band comes up, there's something that Jesus wants to, to do inside of you. And, and so I love, we read the, the beginning half of, of the story. The best part of the story is here in Luke chapter 24. It says, at the crack of dawn on Sunday, the women, the ones that were waiting, they left for Sabbath and they came back. The women came to the tomb carrying the burial spices that they had prepared. They found the entrance stone rolled away from the tomb. So they walked in. But once inside, they couldn't find the body of the master Jesus. They were puzzled, wondering what to make of this. Then out of nowhere, it seemed two men light cascading over them stood there. The women were awestruck and bowed down in worship. The man said, why are you looking for the living one in a cemetery? He is not here, but he is risen. See, from the outside, it looks hopeless. But when I say, Jesus, I want you to be part of this situation. I want you to be part of this experience. Jesus can take what you thought was dead, breathe life into it, to give you hope to give you peace, to give you joy. Friends, the tomb is not full, it is empty. It is not dark, but it is now full of light. And in Jesus, you too, you too can be filled with a new light, a new hope, purpose.